0: This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series.
1: we have a news brief coming up at 8 and that's all katie okay say champlain auto services all right uh before we get results of our morning poll let's take a look what's happening to traffic wise leaving grove park heading to south arapuchi we've got some traffic the creek is pretty busy this morning lighter than usual in san fernando we got some traffic from san fernando heading up towards harmony hall gasparello as well got some traffic as you try to get onto the highway i guess rivulet road not too bad but slow going um, and the going to get some traffic this morning, just after Freeport and Heavy from Sugar Gorners towards the Churchill Roosevelt Highway, all right? Um, again, Maloney towards Uwe. you've got traffic. Kelly Village on Carney straight up towards the Priority Bus Route. Eastern Main Road, uh, Taquerico and McCoy, got some traffic. Coming down St. Joseph, Eastern Main Road from St. Joseph towards Mobile Junction. Going up Lady Young Road, come around St. Anne's out of dago you're gonna get um, yeah, you got some traffic there for sure on all three sides and of course maraval mocha after the pillars you're gonna get traffic all the way down all right so that's a quick traffic update for you i hope it helped you out in one way or the other probably get wait for our guests to come on uh mr peter george i have no more votes for you gentlemen so you can give the results at this time
2: all right Our question this morning was, do you support the state going to court to file an injunction to ensure that teachers go out to school today? Did I get that correct, judge?
1: Yeah. Do you agree with the industrial court order mandating teachers to report for
2: school today? Yeah, we had 26 people weighing in on our pool this morning. 16 of you said yes, you do agree. 10 said no. 16 said yes they agree with the injunction filed by the state 10 of you said no all right so that's our poll for today and it continues all the way up until tomorrow september 27th
1: yeah yeah all right we will give you the uh final results of our morning poll all right while we wait for mr peter george to get on board um via our zoom link Mhm. Alright, I'll take a quick break And be right back
2: Every Sunday Enjoy brunch at the Cascadia Hotel For an introductory price of only $99 Brunch time runs from 10.30am To 3pm Kids 5 and under, accompanied by an adult Eat for free <laughs> So bring the entire family And enjoy this delicious feast Every Sunday At the Cascadia Hotel. Don't miss out. Call 235-4554 and make your reservation now. Brunch at the Cascadia Hotel for an introductory price of only $99. Special conditions apply. Do
1: you need to get work done on your vehicle? We do it all. All right, thank you so much, Shampler Auto Services. All right, our guest is going to log in in a second or two. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna log on shortly. Uh, Rajiv Dipti uh, apologized this morning. We had him on. But something has come up, and he can't make it on this morning. We do have Mr. Robin Reinsing. Uh, He's on uh, after 8 o'clock, and he's the president of the Petro Dealers Association. All right. I should also tell you that during the course of the week, we do have a lot of people coming on. Um, Tomorrow, we do have uh, Mariano Brown and uh, Mr. Kevin Ramnarein. Uh, Wednesday we do have Karen Nunez Sharon Vasant Barath. uh Thursday we have Roger Hossein val Mickey Arjun and uh, Brian Manning and that's so far what we've got for the week um right here on Paul wanted to the power breakfast show Power One to digital all right um yeah what was your budget for last year what was your amount paul you remember that just over 52 billion dollars wow 52 billion you said huh? yeah
0: 52.4 billion dollars.
1: 52.4 billion jeez and this. Just...
0: yeah well it has been brought down significantly uh, 10 years ago it was like
1: 63 billion dollars so yeah remember that wow that's a a big difference. I
0: expect it to go back up a bit, to be honest. 52. There's an
1: election, there's an election looming. So you say 55?
0: I say about 55, 56. Yeah. And uh, they have a little more leeway. I mean, they have more debt, but they have more leeway in terms of the $8 billion additional billion expected from the uh, energy commodity prices windfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have a bit more wiggle room. Um, I expect that uh, a little bit of the subsidy will be shaved off again. So prices at the pump are going to go up a bit, which, are going, which is going to reflect in the prices of goods and services
1: generally. We reflect on everything. So.
2: You know, if, um, if, I have to, um, if I have to go, if I have to read what was said in the, the spotlight on the economy recently, mm-hmm. um, and if I have to try to read the mood of the country as it is now, I believe that we're going to have a a, a bigger budget, but I also believe they are not going to do that gas thing now. I, I think it's just going to send a completely wrong message if they go on that route. And I, I, I know that they they alerted us that they have to remove another one billion dollars. I think of the subsidy because the subsidy is currently just over two billion, and they will try to bring it down to one billion. But if I have to read the mood of the place right now, I don't know that now they're going to do it now. I think this is going to be a a feel-good budget, is my opinion, you know? Especially going into a local election, and especially with what's happening in the country lately. uh, I don't see them adding any burdens on the public, on the population right now. That's how I see it, and that's what I hope for.
3: Hmm, Okay. Yeah.
2: Recording in progress.
1: Thank you so much there, Dorothy. Uh, and let's say good morning to Mr. Peter George. How are you, my friend?
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Well, morning, Mr. George. How are you this morning? Morning. I'm on this iPad here, and it seems to have an angle on my face, and I don't know why. I'm trying to turn this way, and it's still not working. So,
0: You're fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're Don't worry. see my bad side. the your parents well. didn't do a bad job, so the iPad is not affecting you
1: too much. Well,
0: there you go, Paul. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you all this morning?
1: Not bad at Pretty all. Good. Not bad. Of course, you join joined. Richard Ragubasi so will join us in a second. Um, we do have Wendell, Stephen, and, of course, you know, Paul Richards. And Ruben is in there somewhere. So good morning to you. Uh, good morning. All
0: right. So a lot of discussion. Leading up to this evening's presentation of the 2022-23 20, fiscal package. Uh, I know you are one of the prominent businessmen in the country who, who has had to navigate quite a tumultuous last two and a half years, uh, keeping your businesses afloat and your employees employed. Uh, what what do you assess as the state of play now? Uh, and what do you think will help? business persons like yourself and or and and i guess small and medium-sized businesses which if they are helped helps your business because then they can drive customers to your businesses you know because yeah. they, they don't they, they work inter- uh, interconnectedly
4: yeah well i think i mean obviously i mean I, th- I believe we had this discussion also during during the pandemic um and one of my central themes was which you know was not really well received in the, in the in the in the wider kind of echo chamber you know, media population um, was that COVID was going to end. Whether it was three months or whether it was six months or whether it was nine months, we were going to overcome this pandemic. And the question really was, what do we want to see post-pandemic? Um, we have to make decisions based on what's going to happen then, not just you know, in the moment that we're living in. Now, that came across to some commentators as insensitive, but the fact remains that the decisions that we had taken back then did not take into consideration what we're experiencing now, um, what I'm calling the the, the the post-pandemic hangover. So the the economic environment that we're in now is an exceptionally hard one, right? Um, on top of the fact that, you know, there were massive closures and huge restrictions and all the things that we went through during COVID, we're now faced with this factor of, of inflation, which it has nothing to do with us, right? Um, when what, what I say there's no causation from to Tobago, but we are where we are, and what is it affecting you most, gentlemen? Food, right? And adjuncts to food, transportation, and all of the things that that um, that are making food prices higher. So we're we're there now, right? We're there now. It is you're seeing this. I want to say valley between corporate Trinidad and Tobago, and main to Trinidad and Tobago, where you have corporate profits ballooning, the bank profits ballooning. Um, And you have the government taking that as an indication that the economy is very healthy, right, which is exactly the opposite because you're getting a concentration of wealth and and, and success into the upper parts of the economy uh, and and society. And you're seeing Main Street around Tobago. There's still major closures going on. A lot of, you call them mom and pop. We call them SMEs and small businesses, which is the backbone of of, of any economy. People who survive on hard work and enterprise, they're closing up shop. Or they have closed up shop and have not returned. So we're in a difficult situation.
0: So Uh, so are you seeing, uh, is what you've said, does it in capsule mean that there is a wider wealth disparity in the country now?
4: Well, I think there always has been. There always has been. And I think the difference, I mean, income inequality is a natural state of the free market Right, I mean, it's it's just what it is, and it, and once that income or that wealth is gained uh, meritoriously, then it shouldn't matter. We should praise those people. Wow, look at what Paul Richards did. Look at what John Smith did. Right, so there's always been that disparity, but the issue really in Trinidad and I mean, largely throughout the world is income inequality, right? And and the question remains during COVID. I am not knocking, for example, the supermarkets and the masses of the world, but it just so happened that the environment was the one that that channeled all the business through there. And by extension, post-pandemic, all the guys that were that were a lot of them that were played an important role. They they have been shut out because of the environment. So the income disparity again is something that exists everywhere. And and uh, as a result, I call myself, you know, a, a, a an unfettered capitalist you have no issue with that so i think the country should move away from that type of and i know you're not saying it from an inflammatory way they should move away from the idea of income inequality and disparity that should be welcomed because that but but is the answer
0: to that just increasing wages and i ask that in the context of the state can increase wages of the mainstream as you call the mainstream population but we have to consider that in the context of is the country increasing its revenue basis the country increasing its output of no, products and services goods and services to to afford that and to, to move us into a different level of operation economically no no
4: I mean the, the reality is you're taxing the producers and that's fine that's fine in a from a fundamental perspective but I'll ask you a question everyone in the panel if it is that the state of Toronto which which I have said publicly recently the state of Trinidad and Tobago has collapsed Right, it collapsed long ago. and it doesn't mean the country's going to stop running. That just means basic service, essential service. We see what happens with all the power grids We see what happens with the inability to, to to manage schools and and violence. and of course the crime. they can' they, they, they say that the state of trying to make us collapse, right? But putting that aside, if it is that there was functionality across the spectrum of what the basic you know hardworking citizen, all of I mean no matter the income strata, if those things in the country functioned, all of them functioned at a reasonably efficient level, then the dollar that that individual earned today would have far more buying power than it than, than it does. So what we do is we don't engage in any type of real meaningful structural reforms, right? And what we do is we continue to tax the producers who, who are having a very hard time because of the the i mean i mean something as simple as now with the with the speed of crime customers, uh, customers also but staff are clamoring for more security but you have to put generators in your business you have to have massive water tax, you have to have our uh, repair and maintenance budgets for potholes vehicles getting destroyed and so on and so on and so forth if the state performed its function and i've always said governing is not sexy paul governing is not it's not it's boring it really is selfless service to a population. And that's why the whole idea of an eight-year presidency in the U.S. came out of the Constitution of America and spoke about eight years of service. Because you shouldn't give 40 years of service. Because it's, too, it's, it's, it's actually um, it's selfless and it's unforgiving. But if the state was to perform what it had to perform, there would not be a need beyond natural inflation every year or so at one point. 3% increase in salaries. What we do now is we're forced to overcompensate to make up. But when you raise that salary, you know, it doesn't always equate to more purchasing power because after five or six months, business is going to have to adjust.
0: We spoke to two economists in the last week, dealing up to this budget presentation today, both of whom indicated, and they were very well, financial experts and, and economists, all of whom indicated that one of the biggest challenges facing the economy and business on a fundamental level is crime you just articulated the additional cost businesses have to incur because of crime are we underestimating uh the effect of come on the top line and bottom line of businesses
4: no you're not you're not i mean i mean security i mean obviously we all have friends in different parts of the world i have business associates in different parts of the world and uh, business is a, it, security is a line item now in, in, in in a in a l it's no longer part of you know um you know general just you know um where you put miscellaneous costs right right below you know your cost of goods and your bank financing and salary is security right so it's it's had an astonishing impact on business um and it'll continue to do so and it's kind of become the norm and let me tell you something it's inflationary if businesses are going to pass I mean, you may not pass on all of the costs, but it, come, it becomes part of your operating costs and part of your overheads. And you're going to pass it on into your final selling price. So, the, it, so those are indications of where the, in, apart from the fact that there's no confidence. Remember, safety and security is the central tenet. It's the, it's the fundamental responsibility of, a, of any government. But from safety and security, so much else comes in the confidence, social life, entertainment new business uh, it all stems from safety and security right so so apart from the fact that it 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 hampers business from a day-to-day perspective it hampers the consumer perspective of confidence and productivity but but
0: isn't it also impacting you on uh your customer base if you own a yeah. restaurant, less people yeah. are likely to come out. If you yeah. have a theater production, people are tenuous about coming out because they worry about their safety. If you have a yeah. football game and you're charging at the door, you know it, it doesn't seem to be affecting the German right. parties, to be very honest, which is but interesting. Not, yeah. But uh, the brick-and-mortar type businesses seem to be significantly affected, uh, with the exception, of course, of banks and, and financial institutions, which have primarily gone online anyway. Yeah. Uh, well,
4: that's it. Most businesses have done that now. I mean... I can tell you from from the restaurant business, um, we have our you know now that the, the pandemic is over and things are stabilized, um, we are still running about a 120 percent higher. Now understand what I'm saying on takeaway, right? So if takeaway was twenty percent of my business before, it's now forty two. So it's not a it's not sales have doubled. I'm just saying. So we've lost dining business because it's just become so. Now the pandemic also push that because it's now become easier to say hey, let's open a bottle of wine <clears throat> and call some friends over as opposed to having to dress up and go out and so on and so forth but is that necessarily a bad thing well, well it's, it's it's a shift i mean it's a shift is what it is it's the same way you go you you no longer you know you know get a yellow cab in new york you get an uber or it's the same way you go to airbnb and, and you're booking and everything is i mean even in the u.s now you know, amazon delivers in an hour you know grubhub supermarkets the fact is convenience has become a major rule right so but so COVID has exacerbated it's, it's made that spike but also in Trinidad it's a security issue but as, as you said it has not begun to affect yet individuals going out i mean i've seen some of the parties i don't know how the the, the attendance has been um and certainly from all understanding carnival is already it's not sold out close to it. So it is not it has not fought to the human spirit. And human spirit is important. The ability to overcome the fear and the anxiety in society. It's very, very important. So it has not done that yet. But what it may do if it continues is people are gonna start saying, Well, you know, we're only gonna go we're only gonna go out when we need to. carnival maybe a Saturday night. So the delivery organizations, those who have the technological angle to, to convert their business, but how many of the businesses in Trinidad and Tobago, Paul, don't have the capacity to become digital? And we talk talking digital for years, you know, as, as the chairman of BIT for years, we met with central bank, we spoke to different uh, arms of government about digitizing Trinidad and Tobago, while Barbados has begun to do it and others have begun to do it. And now we have these hollow words again about digitization. It, it doesn't happen on the back of a minister just talking about it, you know. Um, so that's where some is get left behind as well. What, what do you want to see in the budget that you
0: think will help you with the labor shortage yeah. issue? I don't know if it's a labor shortage issue or a labor willingness issue, to be, to be very honest, because I know there are lots of jobs being advertised out there and people just aren't taking up the jobs, you know, which, which I, I guess is a concern for businesses business, business like yourself.
4: Well, I mean, I don't have a specific wish list with regards to with regards to that. I mean, we need to we need to re-engage Caricom with regards to the free flow of persons throughout Caricom. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we are one uh, homogeneous society from the perspective that we are one Caribbean people. It should not be that difficult for an individual who is in Jamaica or an individual who is in Trinidad to be able to go um and 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 work in Jamaica, I mean St. Vincent, Big Benadines, Barbados, whatever the case may be. I think that would exacerbate, uh, sorry, ameliorate really the situation a little bit. Uh, we have to be proactive when it comes to that. Um we have to understand, we going back to Eric Williams, the era of I mean, of the development of these social programs, that are no longer, I mean, those things simply cannot be peeled off like a sticker pole. Those things are here with us to
0: stay and then what what practically in the budget that you're looking forward to because I mean at the end of the day there's a a, a fourth quarter coming up here that's critical to businesses like yourself and we're moving into a new year where we can reasonably presume we can call it post-covid
1: right
4: I mean obviously the biggest issue on my table is food prices not just from a profitability perspective, but from a sustainability perspective, the country can't continue like this, right? Even in Linda's bakery we and the and, and baked bread business, we had two massive flour increases, right? Um, which is 70% of your inputs, right? And it's not as simple as just raise your price and, and, and saying Kumbaya and hope things work out. You have to be sensitive. Good businesses are sensitive to the needs of the population. Um, you know, so hopefully those prices, as, as they seem to have, they seem to stabilize, but we have to address food security so, uh, and food price security. There are some things the government can do if they are proactive. Um, one of which, for example, is, is uh, it, 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 it won't come out of their pocket, right? But they can suspend duties on certain things for five or six months, right? They can say, listen, we understand the price of, you know, of, 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 of let's say, chicken or certain produce things that come into the country. We can suspend that duty on the premise that they're going to come back in. But we have to give an ease uh, to the country for five or six months. And one of the biggest things that I think they've not addressed yet is
0: so. The so if they suspend duties on chicken. Uh, is there? How are they going to um, apply the fact that the intention of that is to reduce the price for the population, which doesn't necessarily always happen? No,
4: no. I mean, and, and that that again goes back to the to the to the my original point of the collapse of the state. You have to have the organizations and the organs of state. Right. Whether it's the consumer affairs or whatever the case would be, that can monitor those things. And you have to have a society that has some type of of cohesion among the, the brothers and sisters within that society to say, OK, the 60 percent or the 40 percent duty on chicken has been removed um, and it's been removed on the premise that the prices come down. It's not being removed because the government has made a structural decision to do so. So it, it should be easier to monitor right, as opposed to going and saying, you know, one of the ministers last, he said, well, uh, w- w- we don't think groceries should be gouging. They should be doing the nice thing. I mean, the point is, there need to be mechanisms beyond just making that assertion to be able to gauge prices. right? But the second thing, Paul, is um, is freight on duty. right? Duty on freight, sorry. Freight prices have gone absolutely parabolic in the last year and a half. So where the government was making 20% or 25% on, on a container, that was $4,000. They're now making on a container that's $10,000, and it's hugely impacting prices. So it's possible for the government to then say, listen, we are going to cap the duty on freight back at 2019 prices, right? So that way, businesses don't have to pay, because this is pure incremental income for doing nothing, right? I was making 800 US on a container before, now I'm making 2000 US on a container from you, from you, not the shippers, you're paying duty on the freight that you pay." Um, making costs a little bit higher, so there are things that I would like to see the government do. You are muted.
0: Um, do you think now is the time to continue the reduction of the subsidy?
4: That's a very difficult question because, uh, as a as a as a as a business person uh, uh, understands, you know the science of economics. We have to continue, but unfortunately in Trinidad, um, the fifty pound elephant in the room is always government. Um, they are your biggest competitor. They are the ones that drive the economy, um, and I think we've gotten to the stage where it's a, it's a two-edged sword. I mean, if you do that, there are going to be economic consequences, and so we know what they are. Um, so the question is, do we plan? Do we plan for six months, or do we plan for six years? I mean, great countries make business plans for twenty years. 30 years. And this you is mean 100 years, years
0: like the Chinese?
4: Yeah. yeah, well, and even more, I don't want to say 50 and 100 because people find it hard to comprehend. Um, we, make it, we make it at best over five years because that's when the next time you have to get voted back in. right? So uh, it, it's a difficult, difficult time. We are making more money now, not because of production, simply because um, energy prices have gone up. They can the table all they want. But um, that could
0: change the year to year
4: yeah, well, I, I just don't think I mean you talk to the experts, I don't think our prospects for greater production uh, uh, are very good. Uh, but again, there could be spillover from Venezuela and we get to, to, you know, so I don't I don't expect it on that. But the fact is right now, I mean, we've had six years of economic decline, six years of GDP decline on the trot. Um, you can look you can look for rays of sunshine in between the clouds, and that's good. And I'm, I'm not saying to just you know uh, you know premise gloom and doom, but the fact is we're in a very tough time, and I think I think today we're going to see more of the same thing: uh, short-term remedies, uh, uh, desk-thumping death, initiatives that may put some more dollars into people's pocket in the short term, but are we going to see the type of meaningful structural reform uh, that we need to take this economy where it needs to go? No, no. I think we're going to get more of the last 10, 12 years, and you know, and the same budget debate and 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 you know and nothing is really gonna you know, fundamentally change. And I think that's something that, that should trouble us a lot more than you know what fiscal measures are in the uh, in the in the budget. So that's you know, I mean that, that to me is the bigger issue, but I guess we'll have to wait and see.
2: Mr George mm. Um I'm sorry. A lot of the a lot of the um ideas and proposals you would have been making on the program this morning. Has that been officially um, intimated to the government in terms, of, in terms of some of the breaks that you, you, you spoke about this morning? Has, any, has anybody been doing that?
4: Well, I, well I, certainly have, I certainly have said it, Wendell, to some of the, to the business bodies, both collectively and individually. Um, but you look at the spotlight on business, the spotlight on the economy a couple, couple of weeks ago, there was no real collaboration with the business society community before it, before that spotlight on, on on the economy happened. I mean, there were one or two people in the audience from one or two of the chambers and, you know, and some window dressing and so on. But given the circumstances that we're in and you're having a a, 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 a session called proof, a spotlight on the economy, you would think that you would speak to the major stakeholders beyond the ones you speak to every day. And, you know, I mean, we know historically the energy companies, the energy companies are not going to you know portend gloom and doom that that's just not what they do right mm-hmm. you have this meeting and 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 they will take a billion dollars in expenditure over a course of a year for recurrent expenditure paying rent and paying maintenance and keeping things going as investment into Tran Tobago because it sounds better right so and that's fine that's what they do. They're not gonna come out and say things are bad. That's not what their business model is. But there yeah. could have been some collaboration before the spotlight on the economy that the minister held, where they took some, you know, some, some cupcake questions from, from the audience and so on and so forth. So I have said it, but I just don't think, I think it will be howling at the moon. And again, I'm not going to get political here. The fact of the matter is,
1: historically, good
4: advice has been given, and historically, only 10% of that advice has been, has been heeded. Because when you get advice in the private sector, which there's already enmity between the government and the private sector, it's been that we know that fact. I mean, yeah. I think it was Karantishera came up with some just absurd comments. Just a, you know absurd comments. Yes, about what does the business community do? Just basically um, similar to what somebody said a couple of years back that all the business community does is is shipping containers from China and sell goods on. You know, it, it, it was it was actually offensive. That a former mm-hmm. government minister um you know said that so there's enmity between the business community and the government so so i have said it um and they certainly have they possess the people within the government superstructure that understands but they but they now are saying brother we had to make money just like you so but, but
2: just I, a quick correction though Karen share does not speak for the government huh? as a but matter of uh, critical of the government and <laughs> she has been making some absolute comments i agree with that
4: was well, well, she but well, well, she can she always manages to present herself as a former senior government minister so so she 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 angles it around the fact that you know but i would say as a former government minister to speak the way that she did i mean i i saw it yesterday i mean i think i think you know i think some of the things i mean they're very inflammatory and and quite frankly i don't know if anyone's going to respond to them but but, mm-hmm. but it's just not you know it's just not um i mean i think. And I have it here because I sent it to you know a very you know good uh, economist. Um, what has the private sector really done? We're it not for, yeah. we're it not for the government, blah blah blah. And she said we're not taking any risks. And then um, what has the private sector been investing in? We have a lot of work to do, you know. And yeah. the last comment here is um, is the the the, um, the yeah it's it, a, a, a you know a, the, we only want to concentrate on finance and insurance. We don't take any risk you know it, it, yeah. we've done mm. nothing to revitalize or improve the economic situation of the country i mean listen yeah. Yeah. i'm not gonna get into a punching match but I, but those
2: comments from an yeah. I talk are, are very easy to make right yeah very i think I, I think i understand exactly where you're coming from because yeah. i have pointed it out to her. we have pointed it out on the poor breakfast too, some of the anti-business comments she's been she has been making a lot and uh, you know, so she says it so with such dismiss- dismissiveness have you really owned the business have
4: you yeah. put your own cap to the ground on a substantial scale and understand yeah. what the issues are here? Or are you just yeah. sitting down there from a theoretical perspective and barking. Oh, I'd love to debate her. Yeah. And then no one's I mean, it, no one seems to kind of um to kind of um you know push back. But listen, it's not about county sharer. I mean, she was a yeah. minister twenty years ago. So from that perspective, we I mean, can yeah. arrange
0: the debate in a civil manner, you know. <laughs> It'll be, um, be an interesting but, conversation, to be very honest.
4: But Paul well, I'm always civil, you know that. I but mean, well, I, mean, I know I'll that,
0: get, but I mean it'll be quite yeah, an interesting conversation. Yeah. I'll
4: get I'll get punchy and I'll I'll take opinions that, that aren't mainstream, but, but I certainly won't be won't be uncivil. I just I take offense at certain things and you know those things are one of them. You don't you can't just bark from your to Ivan Tower and and again and tell people what the problem is from your perspective. Give me the solutions then. Yeah. Which you haven't done. That, let's talk about
0: then uh the, the budget. Uh, as statement that i agree with the budget is going to be bigger than last year i think it is uh, last year was 52 to 2.8 billion dollars you, you said earlier on the the issues of the minutiae may not be as important as the policies and announcements about structural change what kinds of structural changes do you really
4: want to see i mean the point is you know we've talked about ease of doing business we've talked about some of the things that you know um and so and with some of that comes the diminishing of the diminishing of government in um, on the size and the scope of government. I mean, we know for years that, and again, this is not an affront to this existing government, right? We know for years that government is com- it is cumbersome; um, it, it, it things take a very long time. Um, there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy around, you know, a lot of the things that happen and then they come out on the other hand and talk about about global competitiveness right there is no such thing as global competitiveness when we are hampered with all types of laws and bureaucracy that have been around for 25 and 30 and 35 years i mean people still tend to forget that we are governed by a constitution that was written in 1976 right that's 45 years ago and nothing really has changed. you know, along the same lines, the, the execution of government is, is, is the same thing, right? So we talk about ease of doing business, but we don't talk about deregulation. We don't talk about liberalizing the economy. Um, you know, we have situations where, you know, the central bank, right? Which is the case, I guess, around the world as well, but not as much in other countries, they control both the price and the supply of foreign exchange. It's a very unnatural circumstance. I mean, it's, it's almost unheard of. So these types of reforms are necessary, right? If we are ready to begin to have that journey into um, into diversification, into encouraging people to say, you know what? I'm going to invest money, even foreign direct investment. I'm going to invest three or four or five million US into Trinidad. My money's not going to be trapped. But if I'm to invest in Trinidad now as a foreign entity, I'm going to put four or five million US into Trinidad. On the premise that that money essentially has been converted to tt dollars because when i earn the money in tt because i'm going to invest the in us convert the us build my plan to build my business and i'm going to earn us dollars and then how hard is it going to be to get my us dollars back out right so when you think about it someone's investing their money into a money trap so all of those things is the type of reforms that we need um, you know to see happening you know those relationships like the central bank have a more liberal economy where we begin to start, you know, allowing the natural market forces and natural market environments to direct where we go. And what government really is is the referee. That's what is supposed to happen. You are it, the rules are there, and you are simply the referee. What we have now is the government is the referee plus five players on each side, and it, it it becomes very muddled. And I think those types of things where government says, "Listen, we are taking our hands off. It's not going to happen overnight." But let's begin to see that decoupling, where we begin to liberalize the economy more and allow natural market forces to drive where the economy goes. Until we do that, every year we're going to sit down in front of a television, you know, and I said, this is the biggest item on our national agenda. And we sit there, we sit there and we just watch this three-hour presentation.
0: Not, Not mine. well just just primarily a political statement which can be done in half hour to me but But i understand the politics of it you mentioned earlier which i disagree with to some level that that you think that a lot of the state has collapsed i think there's certain institutions that are collapsing but i don't think the state has collapsed I, i hope i'm not uh misquoting you uh what do you think is the biggest opportunity and what do you think is the biggest risk facing the country now
4: well, the biggest opportunity really is for is for digitization. I mean, we had that in we had that window where there were guys that were really pushing it four and five six years ago um, to make the economy more efficient. I mean, we have real opportunities when it comes to that. We have, a, you know, Paul. I have met with m- many, many, many of them because you know I'm a big advocate of the blockchain, not just cryptocurrency, but the blockchain for the last seven or eight years and what the blockchain can do, how it could, you know, just really revolutionize your entire country with regards to, you know, marriage registry, documentation, all of the things that are cumbersome and difficult in that now. We have some amazing, amazing people in this country when it comes to technology and technological understanding. We have to really unleash those people. If we continue along the lines of, you know, you know old school bricks and mortar businesses, which are, which are important, that rely heavily On the national transportation grid, which rely heavily on the on all of the other essential services that have become so perverted over the last thirty or forty years, we're dead. It's going to pass us by, and the opportunity for the kind of thinking that you saw. And I know this irks the prime minister, it irks the government because I reference Mayor Marty all the time. But you know, when they came about with the whole "come to work in Barbados for free," you know, come in, just get in here. You know, what, what what were they saying? Come in and use up all this distress real estate. Come in and invest in Barbados, and work here for
2: free for a year.
4: You're gonna rent an apartment, you might rent a car, you're gonna spend money in restaurants, and they estimated forty or fifty or sixty million US dollars in revenue. That's half a billion dollars where we come from. So that But is that a fair
0: comparison? Because I've heard people, uh, incredibly so, counter the seemingly what they feel is a natural comparison between Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago's economy is still doing way better than Barbados' economy in a lot mm. of ways. And and Barbados is going through another structural reform because they are also struggling. So when people when, when there's this conversation between uh, Prime Minister Martin and Prime Minister Rowley and the economy of Barbados and the ec- economy of Trinidad and Tobago, they say they're comparing apples and oranges. And I, and I agree with that in a lot of ways.
4: I understand, but but the point is, whether you're selling tractors or whether you're selling doubles right or whether you're you're, 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 you're taking out a hundred trillion cubic feet of gas from the ground the premise of success doesn't change and the, yeah, but, the yeah, but, but you're using the word success if you speak to ordinary regions
0: they are struggling also
2: yeah, yeah, The yeah. the economy is it's not good. doing well I'm not no, saying it, that I'm so I'm so
0: clear. so saying that and yes Mia Mutley has made some innovative and interesting statements in the public domain. And I'm not discounting her charisma and what she's done for Barbados, but Barbados is also struggling.
4: I understand. But when was going to say, where are those things here? Where is that saying? I'm going to leave the, the, the traditional orthodoxy. Right. And we're going to do something different. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, fundamentally, it does because their circumstances are different. Right doesn't mean leadership and making hard decisions and and taking innovative stances and potentially pissing off one of the people in in the country. You need to do it. You need to do it. It can't be vanilla. I mean, during COVID and beyond, we have been vanilla. It's the same document for every year. You're going to hear it again this year. How good we've done. How great we've done. How fantastic we've done. And the next thing with 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 with, with government, we are the shareholders, right? So you get all this data that's you know how great we're doing but then you don't get to get any evidence you're not to cast any as a shareholder they can't ask any questions you just have to take it and you know and it gets spoon fed to you and you have to kind of rummage through and figure out what parts of it can I you know get some benefit from so I'm not I'm not putting me on a, on a pedestal I'm putting somebody who came in and said I, I it can't be business as normal it can be discussion as normal and that's what I mean by that. And from that, was will spawn innovation and change. Sorry, Wendell, go ahead. No, we but,
2: no, I'm just... No, that that's yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just saying a lot of in what you crediting me for saying was also set by the leaders of this country too.
4: It's just that um But um, she didn't just say... She didn't just say there was some action.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: There was action. Mm-hmm. Right? She didn't just say, and again... I, I think in many regards, I think Barbados became a republic too quickly. I think, you know, you have a, a female president, a female prime minister, a female AG. I think she I think she went, uh, she took, she, she took a hard left in many regards too quickly. So I'm not mm. just have my Mia hat on saying, oh, my God, you're amazing. I mean, I've interacted with her. I've done business in Barbados. You know, I shared bit, which was in Barbados and you know, under the previous government. So I have a lot of interactions with her um but all i'm saying is with regards to that the, the utterances and the actions and the ideas that were undertaken are ones that that they think were necessary right and they were out of the or not not from the from the from the regular dusty playbook of mm-hmm. government. that's all i'm saying you know know things have been said here we're talking diversification since i was a little boy in pampas
0: and i agree uh, with you we're gonna get another another mm-hmm. dusty playbook today yeah
4: cool. that, that's. What but I think, state cool. I think the status
3: quo cool. i think the status quo i think basically which is what you're talking about peter the status quo cool and there to me there is no there is no uh energy to change the status quo because the status quo fulfilled the political outcomes of both parties
4: absolutely so Uh, they
3: they feel they feel that there is no need to rock the boat in either direction in any way even the innovative way they will talk they will talk it but i think the the issue, at a fundamental level, and I and I disagree with you. I think the entire conversation today is at the at the base of political conversation, because a lot of it emanates from the political arena and the leadership in the political arena, in where the country goes, in where the country facilitates the kind of in, innovation that you're talking about. Because government should be that facilitator, which Absolutely, is yes. which is what you're thinking, and, and
0: even, and even Richard, you're right, and even in terms of assessing where we are. It's it's political rhetoric.
4: I'm grading myself. If I grade myself, if I am if I am giving a a, a report on myself, am I going to say how bad I am? Go on, Richard. Sorry.
3: Yeah. So (laughs) So I'm
4: thinking
3: because that because you've had you had had the economic advisory board. You had people who were giving the expert input in where the economy needs to go. What are the hard decisions that had to be made to eventually get better? and it basically it fell apart they and it fell, fell apart. apart because the status quo is protected by the political elite because it fulfills them being in power
4: yeah what i what i call their perverted agenda
3: so and how do you it so it takes incredible leadership that's to say way. well look i am willing and now i know prime minister dr rowley has said that he's not um wedded to political power and he's gonna make certain decisions if need be in terms of even if it costs him politically. He said it. Has he done so? But 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 that's what I'm coming to. How much of your I actions in, in terms of getting the innovative in, in transforming the Trinidad economy? Um, even the even the simple thing of ease of doing business, that conversation has been ongoing for years. Yeah. Yeah. And and governments talk about oh, they're improving the ease of doing business how long does it take to improve the ease of doing business in a country of 1.4 million yeah, people? 1.4 million, yeah,
4: yeah. And, and, and to add to your point, yeah. and to add to your point, I know I do want to chime in. It's not just the economic advisory board, board It's just virtually every committee, virtually every economic advisory board. There's been resignation from, from Terence Farrell to... to the tripartite uh, uh, Labour, Labour Council. Yeah, I mean, you just look at it and, and, and you have to ask yourself, listen, I, you know, I, I, I'm a citizen and I'm going to be critical of my leadership, right? Dr. Rory lives in my neighbourhood. Um, um we've had a relationship for, for many 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 years but but you know when you're a public official you're public property and it doesn't mean that i'm going to give you softballs. and it doesn't mean that i don't like you it doesn't mean that i don't think you're a good man or a competent man that's not the issue but i'm going to criticize and in fact remains if you look at the track record and sadly this track record is not just this administration and i see one before certainly the one before uh, it, this is not it's like a scourge but as you said richard it's like getting is the old thing of being high on your own supply. You you, you know, the, the fact is nobody wants it fixed. Nobody wants it fixed because, you know, you mean go online and be able to get a passport in two days. Why do I want that? when I have like a five hundred for getting a passport or a work permit or a driver's license or a building approval or a permit for whatever the case may be. So corruption, and I've said this before, is the, is the, is the most efficient industry in Trinidad, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no cost of goods. The, the returns are astronomical and there are no regulations that bind you and it's it's, it's fantastic and that's what the reality is and,
2: and we face that every day and we can't deny that fact but you know the prime minister himself has said exactly what you're saying you know mr george that corruption is endemic in this country and when you spoke earlier on about digitization that eliminates corruption and i don't know that anybody that people want to do that yeah. You got well, it it it's people a, want to continue yeah. to depend on a paper and a pen pusher so yeah. that they can pass that dollar.
4: But the fact That's is, the big, yeah, and, and the bigger issue to what you're saying is absorption. If you digitize, I mean, the fact is, I mean, this is a reality. If you were to, mm-hmm. if this country, I mean, let's just for, hypothetically, said so you snapped your finger and all the digitization transformational efforts came to pass. You're yeah. talking about forty to 50,000 people probably on the breadline. So yeah. where, where then is the absorption? But not if the you retrain them. I understand, mm. but where's the absorption in an, in an economy that's contracting, right? Where's the absorption to say, okay, well, we're going to digitize there. We're going to retrain, and we're going to start all these new efforts here. So we, the, the, we're we going to absorb at least 30,000 of those people, right? And then if you had a free flow of people throughout the Caribbean, I might say, you know what? I got a little $15,000 payoff or $20,000. i am going to take my pack my bags, and I'm going to seek opportunity in St. Lucia or seek opportunity in Barbados. The way it happens in the U.S. If things are not looking out for you in Florida, you go pack your bags, you go yeah. to Iowa, yeah. you go to Michigan, you go to- Well, if I- Caricom was I-
3: seamless enough in terms of being able to just do that mm-hmm. as easily as you can, um, well, but but, the, but each island has its own bureaucracy that you have to tackle. Um, yeah. The But the, the that issue of... I mean, to the credit of this government and this administration they did create a ministry of digitization. <laughs> and so, obviously, obviously they, have, they see that that's an important tool in moving the country forward. So, I mean, that's to their credit. Agreed. agree. I agree. And, and, I, and, this, and this is not the fault of this government. That's the problem with this country,
0: because Australia did that 10 years ago. I mean, this government has not even pro- been, been pro- talking about vision, as, as Peter said. You know, you, we, we do it at the, at the end of the transformation cycle. We don't, yes. we don't see, we don't look ahead and see, as you said, plan for 15, 20 years. What do we need in 20 years and do it now? But it's still it's not really the whole easy. train for a long year and then they fight up to do it.
4: Yeah, but it's still not, I mean, Trans always been a laggard. It's always been a laggard with regards to those things. Remember I mean, with tourism, you know, Eric Williams, you know, I don't want my sons and daughters as bellhops and busboys and so on and so forth. The rest of the world and the Caribbean flourished and now, we're trying on a on a regard action to create some type of ecotourism agrotourism or but the point is i remember being in university 25 years ago and there was that picture i think of Cintra brontë on the wall in jamaica in the, in the wet t-shirt not 25 i don't know, 35 years ago or you know imagine yourself in Barbay. i remember these ads in america as well as a child right um and here's Trinidad now in yeah. 2010 yeah. trying
0: to figure visit- up, but because we had oil and gas and so it was lucrative well,
3: it was- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean that's, I that's had the part. opportunity I mean that's I for the, the first time over the weekend I visited Cedras and Icacos, the, the first time ever in my life I've never been down to that power and and I went down and there was something exhilarating about standing up at the end point and he at the edge edge of Trinidad looking yeah. across and seeing the Venezuela and the South American coastline and how close we were. And there was something about it. And you know, you were talking to people in the area, fisherman in the area, and he was so full of information. And I'm like, this is a tourist. It's a resort waiting to help. It's me. a
4: tourist yeah. spot.
3: Yeah, it's a and resort. And I'm think, looking yeah. at Cedrus and the carcass and their seaside villages that are beautiful and but can be enhanced. And I'm seeing all of this is Brand Trinidad and Tobago and we just leave it to language and, yes. and it's up to itself. it's however you Agreed. take care of yourself in those areas you take care of yourself. Well, Richard, but before we, before
4: we go you, you have to forget one thing we, we look at the headline aspect of what it is but the reason why Tobago has been unsuccessful and we're going to build more hotels I mean it, I mean there certainly are enough hotels in Tobago that not require new ones. So why are we building new ones? Well, we built new ones? But you look at the dilapidation of what was Hilton Plantation. Into, first of all, the name should change, but that's another discussion altogether. Um, down to Magdalena, right? The infrastructure of Tobago is not... The tourists that you want to come are going to come there because the, 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 the roads, the safety, the fact that if I step on a sea urchin, it's a proper hospital, the airport is efficient. The types of things that the money-wielding tourists are going to come for so it's easy to say, well, we have this beautiful Englishman's Bay and we're going to give sandals or whatever the case may be. But the, uh, again, the underlying substructure of Tobago and Trinidad is not ready for tourism. It's not ready. So it, 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 it it's more than just building it. You can build it very easily right and yeah there's one in land's end in england land's end you're, is- you're
0: saying we're not competitive essentially we, we this infrastructure makes us uncompetitive.
4: no but i think we're not we are also not mentally in tuned for um for tourism on a whole scale level and that it can happen but it, it requires a kind of a spiritual and psychological transformation to understand that we are not going to welcome people into our island take pride in what we do take pride in what the streets look like you don't go to the Bahamas and Turks and Caicos and see men half-naked in the streets um, eating on a And pit. any level of service. And level of service and understanding. I mean, you know, uh, you, you, you don't, and you're not going to go to a hospital where you're treated. And I'm not saying foreigners should be treated better than us, but your hospitals are in a mess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, are you, are you safe? Is there a, is there a proper understandable transportation grid in Trinidad or Tobago? You don't know what yellow band, blue band, green band, red band is. And That's why you go to the higher-end hotels and you have the big white American cars. I'm talking about on a mainstream level. So there is an opportunity for tourism, but it's not easy. I was on a committee with Carlos John when I was a young fella in the UNC first incarnation. And I said, Carlos, do you understand what Tobago? I said, You understand this is a 20-year transformation. it's not gonna happen in three years. He said, no, no, no. We go do this quick, we can do that, and so on, so on. It's gonna boom. Good intentions. Right? He had good intentions, but what happened in Tobago? This is the fourth incarnation of that Tobago hotel. Bust four times. They've rebranded and we spent money. And you go there now, the place is dilapidated. The service is awful, right? And the people in Tobago, the Bob Yorks and so on, have not reinvested in their hotels. So what do we go and do? Build a brand new hotel. I don't know who's coming in now. Rosemount, one of the Rosewood Resorts building, another one in Tobago. Or, or, Or Sandals, and Sandals pulled out. Are we ever going to know why Sandals pulled out? Is the truth ever gonna come out? Sanders pulled out. There's no, it didn't work out. Sandals said there's enough of this. They looked around and they skipped town. So, you know, it, tourism is easy to talk about. It's a nice headline word, but with tourism comes more than building beautiful buildings. It's also a mental thing too, but those are all opportunities for us. I mean, we have great opportunities um, and we have great people. The question is how do we get them both to merge and there'd be, there'd be a real harmonious um, relationship between the governing and the governed and the all stakeholders to really, you know, create a prosperous country. We have all the recipes, Paul. We certainly had the recipes plus mucho, mucho cash for decades. And unfortunately, we didn't we didn't deploy the cash properly, and, but we are where we are. So I'm no longer going to lament. I'm going to look and see how we can move forward.
0: Peter, thank you so much for being with us, man yes
4: yeah, it was lovely and we'll 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 message Shout us up post 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 budget indeed well i was i was ask stopped about
2: to george i was about to ask Sir george is he gone
4: no what, i'm sorry what position,
2: be, what position will you be taking under the gary griffith prime ministership
4: well as i said i came out i came out as a, as recording
2: as a, in progress
4: the, the nta has a has a, a thing called supporters i'm a supporter of the nta I mean I you know I am again as a as a as a as a, as a radical and as a supporter an early adopter of even cryptocurrency when the whole country was laughing at this crazy man right I you know I I don't think you have to have a party card and a party allegiance and this that and the other mm-hmm. um so as far as position I'm a supporter of the party I made it clear what I think about the commissioner just based on the fact that he has a track record of success Um, I think what happened with the commissioner being removed was one of the great injustices of this country in the last 20 years. There's no question Mm -hmm. about it. Um, But as far as position, I don't see myself in any public position, Wendell. But I will continue to speak Uh, once people want to hear what I have to say. um, You know, like I said, I have over a thousand employees. I love this country. I have a lot in the ground in Trinidad. um, And I will continue doing what I can and supporting whoever I need to support. Irrespective of political position to, to get the
2: country forward. I, I appreciate right. your candor, Mr. Jones. Yeah, that's my Pete, political Pete, answer. I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Peter, <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much for being All with right, us guys, this morning on the Power Breakfast Show.
2: Okay, good luck today, fellas.
1: Later. Yeah, appreciate it. All the best to you. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital.
0: Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.